Today's daf is Yud Gimel. We pick up on Yud Betterment Bet, um, and we are uh, moving on to the um, um, Yud Betterment Bet. Um, yes, Yud Betterment Bet, um, and we're dealing with what happens when um, the Kohen Gadol has to be replaced and the backup Kohen Gadol. So we're about ten, ten lines from the bottom. Tanu Rabbanan. Um, okay, so let's take a look. Tanu Rabbanan. Um, so let's say it actually happened that something happened to the first Kohen and they had to appoint the backup um, so what happens and then the first one becomes uh, fit again to serve now this is actually a, um, a Tosefta um, and it's quoted in Horiot um, and in the um, actual original context if people know the discussions in Horiot, Horiot is not really about, uh, not really, it's not about Yom Kippur. Horiot is about different positions of authority, Melech, Kohen Gadol, Sanhedrin, and therefore this issue is not limiting itself to the discussion of Yom Kippur per se. could be for another purpose. You, uh, the Kohen Gadol became Pasul and they needed somebody to serve in his place, although the urgency of a Kohen Gadol is particularly on Yom Kippur. But the point is, this is a general bright um, it's not even necessarily specifically talking about Yom Kippur. But e- either way, it obviously is relevant because the whole reason for the backup of Yom Kippur was in case something happens to the first guy. So something happened to the first guy and they appointed another one in his stead. I think the reason I made a point about that is the language of Uminu Acher Tachtaz, right? In our case, you already have another guy waiting in the wings. So Minu Acher Tachtav sounds like we're not talking about Yom Kippur, um, and we had to go ahead and appoint somebody now because nobody was waiting in the wings, but something happened to the first guy. But either way, the scenario is 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 relevant. The Kohen Gadol can't serve; somebody else is serving in this place. And then what happens? Um, and then the second first guy becomes fit to serve again. That's so, left out, right? Right, that's implicit, but that's left out. So Rishon, the first guy, Chose Lavodasa, once he becomes fit to serve, goes back to his original position. Shani, and the second guy who had been serving in his bed, He has the all of the mitzvahs of the Kohen Gadol, which Rashi spells out means. You know, he can't marry a widow if um, he um, if somebody um, if a close relative dies. He doesn't leave the base on mikdash. He doesn't let his hair grow wild. He doesn't rent his garments. He has to wear all eight begadim, the gold begadim, when he does the avod in the base of mikdash. What's not discussed, it, it, at least in Rashi, I haven't had a chance to see it discussed elsewhere, is does he have to bring the daily korban, the daily mincha? you know, that a Kohen Gadol brings half in the morning, half in the afternoon. It would be pretty funny to have two of those being brought a day, like a regular competition of who the Kohen Gadol is. Uh, it doesn't sound like that, but um, but anyway. The pe- yes, Rabbi Meir says he basically has a status of a Kohen Gadol. Maybe he doesn't function actively as a Kohen Gadol, like the question I'm raising about the daily the daily uh, mincha, but he has a reg- he has a status for the rest of his life as a Kohen Gadol. That's what Rabbi Meir says. Rabbi Yossi, Omer, Rabbi Yossi says, so yes, I agree. The first guy goes back to his job um, as the Kohen Gadol. The second guy doesn't serve as a Kohen Gadol. He never wears a Pekadim. And he doesn't serve as a Kohen Hedyot. Not because, and we'll see in a minute, the Gemara will explain why. But he basically is like out of work for the rest of his life. I'm Reb Yosef. He said Reb Yosef. There's a story of Yosef and Elaine in Sipori. Um, that he was uh, he wasn't the Kohen Gadol something happened to the Kohen Gadol 
Uminu Taktav, and he was appointed in his stead. So this, this uh, Yosef and Elaine was appointed to to be the uh, stand-in for the Kohen Gadol. Again, not necessarily on Yom Kippur, but anyway. And those sages say, also, the first side goes back, now that he's fit to serve again. And the second person can't serve neither as a Kohen Gadol or as a Kohen Hedyod. And now the Gemara explains why. Kohen Gadol Mishum Eva. Really, we're not debating Rebbe Neir's point. Once somebody was appointed a Kohen Gadol to serve in the stead, he retains that status. Even after the next, even after the first guy comes back, so he really is a kohen gadol in some ways, but he can't serve because that will lead to enmity and hatred and competition with the first guy, right? The first guy now he's going to he, kohen gadol. The whole point is that it's supposed to be the kohen gadol. It's supposed to be the one person representing, you know, the top of the uh, of the kahuna. So here now there's somebody else who you're calling a kohen gadol at the same time. So that's not going to be a very pleasant situation. So we can't actually let that guy serve as a Kohen Gadol because of the conflict that it will create. Kohen Yot, and the reason he's not a Kohen Yot, is Mishumal in the Kodesh Philomoridim. Once he got raised up, once he got the appointment of a Kohen Gadol, even temporarily, he can't go back to his previous status. Now, as Gemara is going to say, what? Hanukkah. What do you mean Hanukkah? It's the same principle. Oh, about going about yeah, exactly. about how many candles you light. There you go. Wonderful. Now the point is is that is that, that what that really means is is that his real status is that of a coin gadol, but we can't have to we can't sort of um, let him function that way because of you know just uh, um, uh, because of the type of conflict it will create. Um, but in terms of his actual halachic status, it does seem to be that of a coin gadol. And the Gemara is going to spell out the implication. I'm a rabbi, Barbar Khan, Reb Yochanan, Halach Reb Yosi. We rule like Reb Yosi, that the second guy is stuck. And here are the implications. Umoda Reb Yosi, Shim Avar, Va'avar, Avodasak Sheira. If the second guy went out and did the Avoda, and what's not said here, but what is presumably implicit, um, if the second guy did the Avoda in the Bigadim of the Kohen Gadol, of the eighth Gadim, it would actually be the Evid Bikasher. If the Kohen Hedyo wore the gold garment and did the Avoda, of the Apostle. Right? It's not, you, you have to wear your unique, your appropriate garment. So if this guy did the Avoda in the eighth Gadim, it would be Kasher. He really does have that status of a Kohen Gadol, but we're not going to let him do the Avoda. But in reality, because, you know, of the conflict it will create, but in reality, that is his status. Now, if that is in reality his status, it raises other questions, which means so presumably he's not allowed to marry an almana. Presumably, if he has a, um, you know, if he's got a, um, if an immediate relative dies, he doesn't do kriya. He doesn't let his hair grow wild. Right? That's what the Torah says, right? you know, uh, what is it? Begadavlo uh, yifrom. What's that? Saro. What's the pasuk? You see, if so, uh, winds up with you, we tell me. Um, <laughs> what is it? Um, Anyway, but okay, he doesn't, um, you do have me the Chomesh there. <laughs> doesn't matter, that's not a Chomesh. Alright, thank you. So, you are Rabbi Linzer. Yeah. I really do think it might be. What do you think about that? Really, is the Keshe Tachanah? That is made Hillel. All right. Yes. Yes. That idea is No, but that idea is used. I understand. I don't know about that. That idea is used in multiple places. You know. Um, So. um, This is not a primary. It doesn't emerge here as its 
primary no I don't think so okay. I don't think so hold on okay anyway so here we go as um, I'm sorry Okay, so here it says about Bakohen and Gadomi Khavashirisak in Emwar. I will show Shamlam Shamalashidalabashit Bagadim as for Sholo Yifrao the Gadavlo Yifrom. Okay? The Al Kumafshosme Loyabo, Lavivimo Loyitama. So he's not allowed to become Tamate even to his father and mother. If his immediate relative dies, he cannot let his hair grow long, he cannot rent his garments. So presumably that would still apply to him, right? If he really is a coin that's oh, the only thing we're actually saying is don't do the Avoda. Um, so that is raised, that question still is a little bit, you know, when the language is he's not Choser, uh, presumably Rev Yossi, as Gmar only points out the implication if he did the Avoda, but presumably he's not debating about his status as well for other halachot. It's just we don't actually let him do the Avoda. So another statement is that we rule like Rabbi Yossi, and another statement is that if the first guy dies, then this guy becomes the next Kohen Gadol. Pshita, isn't that obvious? I mean, he's been a Kohen Gadol all along, we've been saying, right? It's just we don't let him serve because of the conflict. Maybe I would be afraid that even if he weren't serving, but if the current coin level knew that as soon as I die, this guy's going to step into my place, so who wants to go around waiting? Is there somebody there waiting for me to die? Right? So, <laughs> so that's not pleasant either. Not just if he's serving does it create a sense of conflict. The fact that he's in the wings and waiting to take over my position as soon as I die, that also is like a competitor while I'm alive. That also isn't pleasant. So maybe we wouldn't allow that to happen. Maybe this guy would not get a chance to step in even after the first guy died. Kamash Milan, that we're not concerned about that. Okay? So that obviously is relevant for us because our whole discussion is about the substitute for the coin Gadol and Yom Kippur, what happens if it actually happens? And the basic, uh, it, seem, it seems that everybody, Reb Meir and Reb Yossi, both agree that the, first, that the substitute retains the personal status of a coin Gadol. The question is, is, is he now allowed to actually go to the base of Mikdash and serve as such? Not on Yom Kippur, but during the rest of the year, can he wear the Ape Gavim and serve as such? So Reb Meir says yes, and Reb Yossi says no, that will create too much conflict, we don't let that happen. But what we will let happen is once the first guy dies, he will take its place. And with the other, if he did put on the Epigadim and serve, that would be kosher. And also, as I point out, presumably, therefore, therefore, all the restrictions of the Kohen Gadol, all the halakhas of the Kohen Gadol, particularly when relatives die, would apply to him. The only real debate boils down to, are we going to actually let him serve or not, because of the conflict that that will create. Okay, so now we get to the, that was the, uh, as it touches on the Mishnah, now we actually get back to the Mishnah, which is the question about do we create a substitute wife, not only a substitute Kohen Gadol, a backup Kohen Gadol. So Yehud Omer, Af Isha Cheres Matkinim Lo. They would even create for him a backup wife. Because it says, Vechiper Vado Vad Beito, his household means he has to be married. And the, and the Chachamim say back, in Kalim Ledavatrof, if you have to worry that his wife will die, so you have to worry that the backup wife will die, and you know, there's no end to it. So the Gemara says, Rabbanan Nami Hachayish L'Shema. So why are the rabbis not concerned? Why are the rabbis only concerned that maybe he'll become Tameh? Why aren't they concerned that maybe, maybe his wife will die? Once we're concerned, isn't that a reasonable concern as well? So Ami L'Chah Rabbanan, the rabbis will say back to you, Tumah Shechicha. No, becoming Tameh is something that's uh, more common. You know, it's not only you likely to come tummy, especially if it includes seminal omission and other people who are tummy touching you. It's something that occurs on a pretty regular basis. 
death is not so common so therefore that one particular person will die dafka on today that's a very tiny concern that we're not going to be concerned about okay so that's why they're not but Reb Yudah is concerned about it so Amrullah so they said to Reb Yudah if you're going to worry about his wife dying you should worry about the backup wife dying it says Shabir that was a good retort Rabbi Yehuda, Rabbi Yehuda would say back to him, For one person dying, that's the level of concern I have. That's already not a crazy concern. That two people should die, both the wife and the backup wife, that's already a crazy scenario. That I'm not going to be concerned about. And the rabbis would say back to him, To train... Uh, if, if you want to start being concerned that one person will die, a is a train Christian. You should be concerned that two people will die. Presumably, what they're saying is, look, we are concerned about reasonable concerns that he'll become tame. What's the likelihood? I don't five percent. That's a reasonable concern. Your concern, his wife will die today. That's what one in a thousand, one in a hundred thousand. Once you're concerned about crazy possibilities, okay, if you're concerned in a one in a hundred thousand chance, then you can concern in a one in a million chance. What's the difference? You're already concerning yourself about crazy possibilities. So once you're no longer being reasonable about your concerns, there's no reason to stop at one. Okay, that's a pretty good response. Okay, once once you're being concerned about those scenarios, a few of the train you should be concerned that two people will die. Rabbana, now the Gemara says, the rabbis, name of Edelin of Shayu, why don't they say that to themselves? If we're concerned he'll be Tamei, let's be concerned that both him and the backup guy will become Tamei. Now again, there seems to be a pretty reasonable answer. Not what the answer the Gemara is going to say, but the answer is, the rabbis are saying, we are concerned, like they're very much, um, um, act, you know, not just statisticians or actuaries. And they're saying, you know, we're concerned about, you know, you know up to 5% likelihood we're concerned. So that doesn't include death. It, it includes Tuma, but it doesn't include two people becoming Tame. We're only concerned about reasonable concerns. And just right, you, once you're concerned about a one in a hundred thousand, you should be concerned about a one in a million. You know, you don't have any logical limit. One hundred thousand is crazy to be concerned about. And once it's that way, there's no reason to draw the line. So that seems to be a very, I think, reasonable response. You can't say that response in a category of something that's shechicha. You can only say that response. Right. Something's not shechicha. That's shikha, what it means. But tuma That's what they're saying. Tuma is shechicha. Right. Anything other than tuma, one person dying, two people become no, tamed. That's all. Concerned with second, third. No. Two people means common. Two people dying is no, that concern square. That's fine, but shechicha. The, uh, the fact that, that people become Tamei is Shricha. The fact that one particular person becomes Tamei maybe is still Shricha. What it's 1 in 20. The fact that two specific people become Tamei is 1 in 400. Do the math. So the fact that as a category Shricha might be true, but the fact that this particular scenario will happen is a low Shricha. I'm saying it's qualitatively different argument because to get something from the category of Shricha to La Shricha is different than already starting La Shricha means not Shricha to begin with. I understand. All right. Anyway, that's what I think the answer is. The okay. answer is that for two specific people to, to happen to is already below their threshold. Okay. The whole challenge for Yehud is he had no reasonable threshold, so be concerned about everything. But they have a reasonable threshold. But the Gemara says, look, let's challenge you yourself. If, you ha- if you're going to be concerned about one person be- for Tuma, be concerned about two people. So the Gemara says, Ami and the rabbis will say back to you, Koen Gadol Zarisu. No, 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 no. You don't have to worry about that. The Koen Gadol is careful. 
So therefore, it's not going to happen. So the says, he's going to, if he's so careful, why do you have a backup? No. Kivan Davdinim Leitzara, that's exactly it, sort of echoing the discussion before about the competitor. Once we've got a competitor waiting in the wings, so call Shagain to Mazari's tray. That'll make him more careful. So basically what they're saying is, and as Rashi points out, Tuma is preventable. You know, there are some things, of course, some things you can never prevent. But by and large, Tuma is preventable. So therefore, the carefuler you are and the more, you know, sort of um, uh, motivated you are, then the less likely it'll happen. Whereas death, is not preventable. So therefore, there doesn't, n- nothing is going to say, oh, now you'll be super careful and make sure that you don't die. Right? That's obviously not relevant. So the Gemara's answer is, is that by having a back, we're not really concerned about what will happen because then we should be concerned about both people will become Tamei. What we do is by having a backup, it forces him to be much more on his toes and that'll actually, that's really addressing our concerns. Our concerns are really getting him to be care- as super careful as possible, not the theoretical likelihood that something will happen. It's what are we going to do to get him to be super careful and therefore we have a backup. But Reb Yehuda, that's concerned about the theoretical likelihood that something will happen, somebody will drop dead. No matter what you do, that possibility is going to be the same. So once you're concerned about that and once that is pretty far-fetched, What's to stop you at one person? You should even have a backup of a backup. Okay, so that's what the rabbis say. Again, the whole thing could have just been answered based on statistics. That they're saying, we're limiting ourselves to common. Two people isn't common. You're uncommon. What's the difference? Either way, that's the challenge to him. That there's no... Why just stop at one? Okay, so now the Gemara says like this. Since when is the backup going to work? Okay, so now we're asking within Reb Yehuda. We get the Reb Yehuda wants to have a backup wife. How will that backup work? Beso amarachmana, v'hachla besohu. So it says your household, your wife. So even if you have another woman waiting in the wings, you're there in the base of Mikdash. So, so his wife dies, so there's another woman. Big deal, he's not married to her. What did you accomplish? So the mother says, Okay, fine. So he marries her before Yom Kippur. So, he, so, so, so she's also his wife. He has, he has two wives. Wives, so the Gemara says, One minute. Bias generally means not just married, but it actually means not just kiddushin, betrothal, but it means nisuin. Actual, you know, actual like for us, it means chuppah, but you know, that they basically start living together as husband and wife. So, um, so, um, like the Torah just starts with, right? So um, the idea of lokeach, although lokeach is used in sort of rabbinically to mean the act of kiddushin, like the giving of an object of value, ketzef, and so on, in the Torah it's very often associated with the act of sex. Right? So the idea of that, means that the act of kiddushin was done, technically she's his wife, um, but they have not yet begun to actually physically live together as husband and wife, which is called nisuin, or likanes here means to bring her in, bring her into his household, and that's the second stage of nisuin. And the Gemara generally assumes that the, t- the word bias refers to living together as husband and wife, refers to that second stage of nisuin. So the Gemara says, I don't get it. First, you know, so what? There's another woman, not his wife. Okay, he does kiddushin before Yom Kippur. Okay, but kiddushin isn't enough. They have to actually start living together. So the Gemara says they have to be nisuin. So the Gemara says, Halav Beisahu, the Kani, fine. He did nisuin. He brought her into his house. 
they did start living together before Yom Kippur. In Cain, having lived Shnei Batin. So now he has two households, two wives. Rachmana Amar, the Torah says, V'chipher v'adovad beso, his house. V'abad Shnei Batin, not two households, which is quite fascinating. Right? Because here you are in a polygamous society which allows for a man to be married to two wives. And the Gemara actually tells us that a Kohen Gadol can't be married to two wives. A Kohen Gadol can only be, at least on Yom Kippur, can only be married to one wife. You know, it's an interesting idea, right? Well, we're talking about, about it's, uh, the whole uh, echoing here of concepts of competing wives, right, and competing Kohen. Right? The whole Sugi and Yavamot that talks about, you know, if you, there are two co-wives, they're considered sarot. Like competitors with one another, right? Right. Well, no. It's from So the two wives are competing wives. The whole concept of a tsara. So the Gemara right before said the other kohen gadol waiting in the wings, or the other kohen gadol after one has been replaced in the tefek, is called the tsara, like the competitor. The whole idea is that there's an understanding that of a kohen gadol there should only be one, right? Only one kohen gadol. He's like the head. You don't have two kohen gadols. So here too, it's it quite it's, and the whole idea of thinking about you know this idea of two and competitors. So here you have a similar an, an interesting point that the, that the Kohen Gadol is only supposed to have one wife, at least again at least on Yom Kippur the idea of Adov Abeto right. So um, so we we I, we don't see that anywhere else this idea of you know a focus on it, there's issues about how much you know did the Gemara endorse and like the idea of two wives or not like the idea there's actually a difference the Bavli seems much more okay with it than the Yushalmi and so on but this real idea that halachically there's a point of just having one wife and not two wives once halacha allows for it you know you're really just finding here again not all the time by Kohen Gadol but at least by Yom Kippur which is interesting thinking about the earlier discussion which focuses on the also the unique the singular role of the Kohen Gadol here also the you know only one singular wife so the Gemara says that's not possible now to have two wives not two households so fine he divorces her he marries her he doesn't need to and he divorces her of course if he divorces her you're back to square one so so we're back to square one only what happens is his first wife dies now what the Gemara is going to do is going to get into a whole discussion about how to arrange it so you have a get that's on condition that only kicks in at the moment you need it to kick in so that you'll only be married to one wife at any one time but you'll always be married to one wife so if one wife dies you'll be married to the other if she doesn't die you'll only be married to the person then we're going to go and try to figure all of this out okay it gets a little bit not so much I would say complicated as much as like the suggestions are almost silly suggestions initially they're like obvious why they're wrong and Rashi actually says this. If you just take a minute, I'll just, before we start reading it in the Gemara, I'll read you the Rashi. If you look at Rashi, Rashi says like this. Uh, I'm going to tell you. Uh, it's like four lines down in the narrow line. Rashi says, The whole sub-sugya zos ain't a rutsin sheba yecholim lamod. Ki yeshlem shuvot rabot. So it says every single suggestion the Gemara is going to make is like there's a million questions on it. The eno elokim lamdi no sanu. It's not, there's a million things you could say to respond to every line the Gemara is about to say. So there's going to be a lot of bad suggestions till we get to the right explanation. Okay, so as we're reading this through, you're going to say, but that's crazy, of course that won't work. So that's just already preempts you. Yeah, I know. All these, a lot of these suggestions are crazy. We're going to try to, we're working it through, like thinking out loud to figure out how we can get it. So 
he can actually be married to, to always one woman, but only one woman at a time. Now you realize the whole problem is created because of the concept of Nisuin. Because it was only an idea of Kiddushin, it would be very easy. He would take one woman aside, who wasn't his wife, and say, here is the ring, you are Mikudesha to me, on the condition that my wife dies sometime today. And the Kiddushin will take place the minute that she dies. And that would be perfect. If, he, if, the wife, if, the first, if his wife never died, the Kiddushin wouldn't take effect. If the wife died at 3.02 p.m., then the, then the Kiddushin would take effect at 3.02 p.m., and he transitioned from being married to, from wife one to being married to wife two. It would be very simple. You just marry the second one on the condition, and, at the time, and then it takes effect at the time that the first one dies. But because the Gemara introduced the idea of Nisuin, we've got a problem. Because Nisuin is a, is, a, is a reality. It can't be done on a condition. You can't say, here I am, I'm taking you into your house, we're living together in husband and wife, on the condition that. Okay, it's just, the, it's just effected by the reality of them living together. So you can't make the status of Nisuin kick in automatically at the minute you need it to kick in. You can't do it. You can't. What you have to do is you have to create the reality of the Nisuin, because that can only be done by the lived reality. It cannot be done on the condition that and to take effect at a later time. So you have to actually create the lived reality of Nisuin. Now he's got two wives, and now you have to work at eliminating one of them at, you know, and that there should only be one, and how do you manage to eliminate? And then it becomes very complicated with this whole discussion of guests. But it would be a lot easier if it could just be done based without the Nisuin, based on Kiddushin and done Bitsna. Yes, Rift <coughs> Robert. Yeah. Right. Something is going to happen to her, whether it's to a Kedushin. Right. She can no longer... She's not going to be fit to marry another Kohen. Um, no, that's... Um, going to happen to her. She's... Right. Well, she might be a Grusha. Yeah. Yeah, so once... No, the idea of Mylan Bakotish doesn't apply to people that were married, married to a Kohen. A woman married to a Kohen, yes... She, can't marry a Kohen. She can never marry a Kohen. Right. right. So she can marry Yisrael. She what does she get at? Not much. It's very degraded. <laughs> uh, yeah, I know. A woman in this position, and to even discuss right. right. woman, she is not spoken about as though she is a real person. Right. It's degrading for the first wife also, right? Mm-hmm. It's degrading for the first wife. We're like planning for a potential death. Yeah, I mean, this one, she's... There's no question. Maybe, maybe she'll right. She's you're right. It's, you're right. She's it's completely... She's, she's completely being used to, to function so as this... Big to, right. To satisfy this halachic requirement. Whether it's theoretical, not theoretical, remains as an example. Women are there to be used. Married. Mm-hmm. She's got to fulfill this function that has nothing to do with her. Right. Okay. I, 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 okay. <laughs> I can't say anything. I mean, you're right. All right. So the Gemara says, all right. So let's see now how we're going to try to figure this out. So he, he has them both nisuin, and now we got to get get it so that he's only married to one of them at the right time. So the had he would divorce her. He would divorce the second one on a condition. What's the condition? The Amarlah he says to her, Here's your get on the condition that you die. Now that's of course like we said, crazy. I mean, if she dies, then Okay, then, you know, then she doesn't so much need the guest, and he's anyway only married to the first one. So the Gemara says, We don't love Misa. Maybe she doesn't die. And we're back to square one. He's married to two wives. 
right? That doesn't work to say you're getting a die. Then if they both live, he's got two wives. Here's your get if you don't die, okay? So if she doesn't die and they both live, then it's her get, and he's only married to wife one. You're talking about she doesn't die in Yom Kippur. Hanyom Kippur. So the Gemara says, If she doesn't die, then he'd be divorced from her and be only married to wife one. That'll work. Okay. If she does die, then she's married. Sorry. If she does die, then then let's see it again. Elo Misa, if she doesn't die, Migarshala, then she's divorced, she's out of the picture, and he's married to wife number one. In Misa, if she does die, so then she's not divorced. And Hakamahaich, so wife, so, 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 one minute. Did I get it wrong? If she does die, I, I, I'm sorry, I, one more time. Elo <laughs> Misa, if she doesn't die, wife number two, then Migarshala, then she's divorced. If she lives, this she lives, then she's divorced. And he was married to wife number one. Limisa, if she dies, then she's not divorced, okay, and she, and he's still married, and he's still married to wife number one. Hakai Mahak, he's still married to wife number one. Zuma says one minute. The deal mehilo misa vahavi la gita the high gita umais. Oh, one minute. I I, I got to write this down. Hold on. There you go. I'm sorry. Here's here's wife number one. <laughs> okay. Here's wife number one, and here's wife number two. Okay. <laughs> okay. So now, what's the condition? The condition is Amanat Shelo Tamusi. So this is your get if you don't die. Okay. So if she lives, it's going to be then she's going to be divorced. It'll be a get. At what point? Well, we'll discuss at what point in a minute. Okay. So then let's see what the Gemara says. So so the Gemara says like this: Elo Misa Megarshala. So if she doesn't die, then she's divorced. So scenario number one is, so what are the scenarios? The scenarios are two, wife number, let's take the scenario. Here's wife number one. There are four scenarios, basically. This is wife number one, this is wife number two. Okay? Wife number one either lives or dies. (laughs) Wife number two either lives or dies. Right? Those are your four scenarios. <laughs> what, what happens on your Kippur? No, there are four possible scenarios of what's going to happen on your Kippur, right? Okay, so let's take a look. <laughs> what? No, first, this is what happens to them, and then the question is whether they, who's going to be divorced. Okay, so let's take a look. Oh, so it's like this. So, Elo Misa, so she lives, okay? So she's going to live. If she lives, what's going to happen? She'll be divorced, okay? So if she's divorced, and, and you can just look at that. If she's divorced, so she's out of the picture, so then he has one wife here. Of course, if she dies, if she dies and she lives, you've, you've got a problem. You see that? Right? Because if wife number one dies, people here with me? If wife number one dies, and wife number two lives, right? She's divorced, and then he has no wife. <laughs> All right? But anyway, so if she, so anyway, if she lives, she's divorced, and you've got this. Don't you, don't you have to chart it out with the wives of the vertical column, lives, dies, lives, dies, and then divorced no. and not divorced? No, because the divorce is results from this. Okay, it's, let's take a look. If she lives, if she lives, then she becomes divorced, right? And then if she lives, you're okay, because then you have one wife. So that's good. Okay. Yes. Okay. So then you've got so then you've got one wife and you're good. Okay. 
So Elo Misa Megarshala, that's good. Can you She's, marry somebody uh, on the, on the Yes. Kindish, as what I said, Kiddushin, yes. Nisui, no. So that's why this has to be conditional divorce. You can't marry somebody. You can't. No, saying at the time of marriage, I'm going I'm to divorce her in a week. For Kiddushin. If she, if she lives. Okay, wait, wait. I, I, let's not do that. Let's finish this. Okay, Elo Misa, if she, if she lives, Megarshala, she'll be divorced. So she'll be divorced, and then you'll have one, and then she'll live, and then you'll have one wife. That'll be good. Okay? Um, the Emisa, if she dies, so if she dies, then she's dead, so she doesn't need to be divorced, so she's out of the picture. And you'll also, and number one will live, so you'll also have one wife. So you're good. So in either way, either whether she lives or dies, you'll still have the first wife. Of course, the whole point of the backup was this number one would die. So it doesn't really work. So the Gemara says, the Igvi Misa, says, one minute, the deal Mahilo Misa, the Havile Gita, the High Gita, maybe she doesn't die, and then she's divorced, Umisa Chaverta. And the first guy woman dies, which is what the whole point was. The Kamla Blofai, it's like, this is crazy. Because either way, either she'll be divorced or die. Either way, she's out of the picture. So you haven't covered any of the cases where the first woman dies, which is exactly what this whole thing was supposed to be. Okay? Well, well, we'll get there. Ella, the Amr law. Okay, let's try again. The Amr law, Amanas Shetamus Achat Michel. If one of you dies, that's the condition. Okay, so, Misa Hakai Mahach. Misa Hach Hakai Mahach. So, if one of you dies. Okay, so let's try that. If one of you dies. Okay? If one of you dies, you're divorced. So, if you die, okay, and then, then check, and she lives, that's one wife. Okay? Because you were divorced out of victim. If she dies, okay, when, when the other one lives. The other one lives, but it says if one of you dies, now that's crazy, because if one of you dies, then she's divorced, and then you've got zero. It actually doesn't work. Okay, so let's take a look. Um, Ella, where were we? If one of you dies. Misaha, if one dies, kaimaha, the other round. Misaha, kaimaha. The one says one minute. The Dilmalo Maisa, Velochad, Minayu, maybe nobody dies. Fabulationay Batim. Number one, if they both live, you're stuck because it's only a get if one of them dies. Number two, and anyway, even in this scenario also, you have no whip because it's a get. So the Gemara says, oh, Kihai Gavna Miyave Gita. And anyway, that wouldn't be a get. The Hama Rava, Rava says, if, you, if a man says to a woman, here's your get on the condition, you don't drink wine as long as I'm alive, or you're alive, it's not a good divorce because it's a condition that she's bound to for her entire life or for the man's entire life, which means that they're still connected to each other as long as they both live. Where the whole idea of a divorce is that it separates them during their lives. As long as you don't drink wine while, while a certain person is alive, that's good. So you can't say this is your get on the condition that, um, that, um, that you die, or, you know, because then it means that, it, that, the, get, that, that the condition is to never be satisfied during her life. She is bound to it for the duration of her life. So it's not a good get to say, as, uh, you know, on the condition that you die. Okay? Yes, it's a conditional get. What? Yes, that's a whole sugya in Gitin. Yes, and I know the obvious problems with Aguna. Yes. Okay, those weren't the scenarios that I was talking about, but it's basically. That is, there is some people had have suggested that. Okay, that, yes. 
so, so the Gemara says two things. First of all, on the condition that one of you die, it's, I don't even know why the Gemara even thinks of a possibility, because obviously in this case, neither, she'll be married to neither of them. But the other point the Gemara says is, if it's on the condition that you die, then, um, then she's bound by that condition her entire life, and that's not a good condition anyway. So the Gemara says, okay, let's try again. So on the condition that the other woman doesn't die. Now that can be. As long as it's not conditional on your life, it's a good condition. On the condition that wife number one doesn't die. So let's see how that plays out. If, if, so, if, um, if number one lives, now we're getting closer. Right, this is your get on the condition that essentially number one is lives, alive on Yom is Kippur. Alive on Yom Kippur. Now that's a lot closer to what we want to say. So if so, number one lives through Yom Kippur, she's at, and she's divorced. Good, only have wife number one. The Emisa, if number one dies on Yom Kippur, so then it's not a good get. And Hakai Maha, and now you've got number two. So that's perfect, right? Basically, you say that that should be very simple. So, you know this at least we'll, we'll see the problem but at least this is getting us on the right track this is your get on the condition that she lives through lives through Yom Kippur so if she lives through Yom Kippur you're out of the picture if she didn't live through Yom Kippur it's not your get and he's married to wife number two very nice but now we get to Rivka's question which is when did she die which is the last line the very, the very beginning of the last line yeah. how do you read it with the three ha's Ilo misa chaverta megarsha v'misa ha and if this one dies hakai ma ha the the middle ha is is hare yeah hare hare kai ma zo right imisa zo hare kai ma zo right okay the dioma so now so now we we're good the mitzvah is one minute the dioma. Here's the problem. Wife number one dies at noon. Okay. So, you basically said if, she, if, 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 if the first wife dies, it's not a get. So, if, if, if the first wife dies, it's not a get. Because then he'll be married to the second. Lovely. But if the first wife dies at noon, then it's not a get. And for the first half of the day, he was married to two wives. So, the Eglam Mufray, and it turns out retroactively, because the first wife died, it wasn't a guess, because now he needed to be married to the second one. So and then the first half of the day he had two wives. Right? Is that clear? Yes? Have people lost somewhat? Yeah. Okay. So if he had two wives going into the day. He was going to remain married to number two. If she dies, then she stays his wife. Not she becomes his wife, she stays his wife, right? right? So if she lives, then, she's, then two is out of the picture. If one dies, then two not doesn't become his wife, stays his wife. Right. So here's the question. But if one died in the middle of the day, then two stayed his wife, but the first half of the day, they were overlapping. But how could he have gone into being Kohen Gadol when he was married to two wives? Because if it would work out that she would have died at the beginning of the day, or she wouldn't have died at all, then there would only have been one wife. So that's basically what the Gemara is asking. She was alive. That's what the Gemara is asking. In the scenario where, not that she lives, and not that she dies at the beginning of the day, but that she dies in the middle of the day, there's always going to be an overlap for the beginning of the day. That's exactly what it's asking. Wait, so I just want to make out for the <laughs> survey. So in other words, in the Yom Kippur Kang, he was married to two wives. 
But so he can't do the avoda as of that moment. No, he can't because if one, if the first one lives retroactively, he'll never have been married. He'll be divorced from the second, and he'll only have been married to one. If the first one died before he began the avoda, he'll only have been married to the second. What you're saying is, yeah, but if the first one dies in the middle of the day, there will be no overlap. That's what the Gemara's asking. No, but all I'm saying is, if she doesn't die until the middle of the day, why doesn't the Kohen Gadol Sheni already kick in as the Kohen Gadol? We, we, we can't retroactively make him kick in. You, you're saying if she hasn't died at the beginning of the day, maybe she'll live out today. Yeah. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> it's only going to be a problem if she dies in the middle yeah, of the day. Okay. Okay. So the Gemara says like this: your get if my first wife dies. So one minute. How's that going to solve it? Because obviously, if the first wife lives, he has two wives, right? So get if my first wife dies. So it says Maybe. Um, uh, so first, I mean, you could have said I, I would have said maybe they both live and it's not a get. But he said, the Gemara is saying, so let's say the first wife dies, the Hagita Gita will be a get. The Hagita, the Hagita, the Kamli below bias and he'll have no wives. I mean, that was a crazy answer. We were very close. You don't solve the problem by just suggesting the opposite, <laughs> right? By saying it's your get, it's your get. If my first wife doesn't die, was close. We had the overlap problem. By saying it's your get, if my first wife does die, does not make it any better. Okay, it makes it worse. It means I could be, a, I could have two wives or no wives. It's not going to solve the problem. Ella de Magarshu travayu. Ah. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to divorce See, Rivka. You were upset that the first, second one was being objectified. Now they both get objectified. Okay, he divorces both wives. To number one, he says, it's your get if two doesn't die. Now, how does that work? So, number two, he says, this will be your get. This will be your get if one... If, if, if one lives. If number one lives. Okay? So that makes sense. Number one lives out the whole day and then two is out of the picture. That solves that problem. Okay? Question is, let's say, and, and fine, if number, one, if number one dies in the middle of the day, though, we've got a problem, right? Because if number one dies in the middle of the day, then she remains the wife and there's the overlap. So what we have to do in that scenario, the number one dies in the middle of the day, is in the case when number one dies in the middle of the day, we've got to get number one to be divorced. Right? Is that true? Because if number one dies in the middle of the day, she's going to be, she's going to be around for the, she'll be the wife for the whole day. So what we have to do is figure out how to get one out of the picture for the first half of the day if she dies at noon. So the way you get her out of the picture is you give her a get and you say, now what you really should say is, here's your get, which will take effect if you die during the day. That would have solved it, right? The real way to solve it is, this is your get if you die during... This is your get now at Ariel Pipper if you die sometime in the middle of the day. So then, then if she dies... And then if she dies in the middle of the day, she's divorced and she remains the wife. If she lives throughout the day, then she's out of the picture and that would have been fine. The simplest thing is, this is your get if you die in the middle of the day. This is a retroactive get. A retroactive get if you die if you die sometime today. So if she lives, if she lives, she's out of the picture. If she dies, she's out of the picture from the beginning of the day. The only reason the bird doesn't say that is because Gamal already said you cannot give a get on the condition that's connected to the woman's life. Right? That's the duration of that's based on the woman's living or dying. You can't give a get that way. So what we want to say is this is your get if you die, 
okay, today, but we can't say that. So we're going to say yes, this is your guess if you go into a base Knesset. We make an arbitrary truth. This is not. Now, the point is, what we're going to say is, so if it looks like you're about to die, you should go into a Beit Knesset, which is, of course, crazy. Right? So we're going to change it a little bit, but we're trying to have, we want it to mean this is your get if you die, okay, which will get you out of the picture and keep her in, but that isn't a good condition, so we have to create a substitute condition. So let's look at how the Gemara does it, okay? Lashani um, Amarla, to the second one you say, um... You don't go into a show. Okay, so she's dying. Presumably she's not going into a show. She'll die and it won't work. So, and, and then the get will kick in and she'll be divorced. It says one minute. Maybe her friend does not die. Um, so, meaning her friend, meaning number one... Um, Number number two doesn't die. Number two doesn't die. Number two doesn't die. Right. Number two doesn't die. And number one is living and is happy. And why should she go into a show? She doesn't want to be divorced. And excuse me, I said that wrong. Anyway, number two doesn't go. Number one doesn't go into a show, and therefore it's a get because the get it, it takes effect if you don't go into a show. The uh, the kindly below bias, and he doesn't have, and, and and therefore he'll not be married to any. So if you try to say on uh, the condition that if you don't go into a base Knesset, right? So the point should be that she should be not going into a base Knesset. We only want this to be happening. Don't go into a base Knesset, sort of in the condition that she's actually going to die in the middle of the day. This is like a substitute for the real condition we want to say, which is if you die. So we say if you don't go into a base Knesset. But the Gemara saying is okay. So if she actually dies and didn't go into a show, it worked. But if she didn't die, right, how is she supposed to know? Should I go into a show? Should I not go into a show? I'll go into a show. It doesn't look like I'm going to die. Then she dies. Okay? So I don't go into a show. So she doesn't die. You can't make this a substitute for the if you die condition. Okay? So if it winds up that she, that, that, that she lives... Okay, so she's out of the picture, and if she lives, is she suppo- if she's living right now, is she supposed to go into a show or not go into a show? How is she supposed to know if she's going to die later today, is essentially what the Gemara's asking. And if she chooses not to go into a show, because she's afraid she might die, or whatever, who knows, and then she dies, then he'll be have, then neither of them will be, will he be married to. Okay, so the Gemara says, Ella, Lechada Amarla, to one he says to her, like we said, number two, it's your get if number one doesn't die. Ulchada, number one, who he wants to be divorced in case she dies in the middle of the day. Amrullah, he says to her, that I will go into a show. He's already in the world's biggest show, but okay. Because, so if she if number, if, um, if she dies, uh, if number two dies, number one is around, the Maisaha Kaimaha. And if number one dies, number two is around. My Maybe number one will die in the middle of the day. But other way I've voted and he'll be married for the first part of the day with two wives. If he sees that she's about to die, so then he does it and makes it an effective get. Meaning, what basically it's saying is, this will be your get if, if I, the Kohen Gadol, 
If I, the coin dog, goes into a show, now is that a fair funny idea? You know, even if the goes into a show, but I don't know. Let's say he says, if I, the coin dog, you know, do does X, doesn't really matter what X is. So basically, here's the story. Okay, if one lives and is healthy, two is out of the picture. Okay, if if one dies at the beginning of the day, then two is in the picture. The only point is, if one dies in the middle of the day, then for the first half there'll be overlap. How do you get, if it's, so what he says is, if it looks like my first wife is about to die, then I will go ahead and do whatever the condition is, and that'll make her retroactively divorce from me. I will trigger it, right? So when, you know, when Yom Kippur comes, and one is alive and well, right. two is not automatically divorced? Well, no, because one could be alive and well, but die in the middle of the day. And then he wants to be married to number to number two. He wants to be married. So if if, to cover if they bo- let's do the four cases, okay? If they both die, let's if they both die. Well, we're not concerned that they're both going to die. That we said before. If they both live, okay, then this one's out of the picture. Number two is out of the picture, right? Okay. If one lives and one dies, well, if two dies and one lives, that's fine too. One is in the picture. So the only pr- question is. If one dies and two lives, which is what we're trying, which is the whole purpose for this, if one dies and two lives. If one dies and two lives and it's the middle of the day, then for the rest of the day you've got number two, but for the first half of the day you have the overlap. So to cover that overlap, number one gets a get at the beginning of the day, and basically the Cardinal says, I will do something to trigger that get when it looks like you're about to die. Okay, and then he does that thing, and then she's retroactively divorced, and then he has number one. Pretty complicated. The whole thing could have been solved if either the Gemara didn't have a problem of two wives, which the Gemara said, which wasn't obvious, or it didn't assume that it had to be Nisuin. If it could have been Kiddushin, then you could have just married number two on condition at the moment when number one drops out of the picture. Yes. All right, let's just try to get a little bit further. Well, that's true. The get was Arab Yom Kippur. It took effect retroactively. Can I say one short yes. thing? It's so interesting here. It's lost because of the, of the issue. Yeah. It, it, we're talking about Yom Kippur to the Avodah and Yom Kippurim, and there are synagogues. Right. The Beit, Beit Mikdash is <laughs> And we take for granted, what are they doing in all right. these synagogues? Yeah. Right. Well, the Gemara might be a little anachronistic and retrojecting. But that, they had yeah. no problem being that. In other words, right. it's so interesting. That's true. That's true. I also like Akanis Lebeit HaKneset. Like I said, he, he's in the world's biggest show. Akanis Lebeit HaKneset. Anyway, fine. Okay, yeah. So, anyway, the Gemara says like this. Okay. So, the Gemara says like this. Okay. Uh, Ravasi. Now, we're thankfully done with that. So, Ravasi's challenge. It said, Vitema Ravavira. Elamiata. Now that you say that the idea of bayit means one wife and not two wives, and remember, I made that point, you know, the unique one going to go, one wife. That idea that you're reading the word bayit to mean only one wife, does that really work in other halachas? Because let's say a man dies and he has two wives, so you should say, you, you shouldn't, and no children, you should say you're not allowed to do yibum. Because the puzzle by yibum says, Asher lo et beit achiv. Bayit. So maybe Yibum is only when there's one house, one bayit, not two bayit. We never say such a thing. The whole Mesechus Yavamos is all about man dying with multiple wives. Right? The first Mishnah. So uh, why don't you say one bayit and not two bayit? So the says, Yivinto, Yivinto, Riba. It says, um, you know, brother-in-law, brother-in-law, um, um, you know, twice, 
um, I mean, or sister-in-law, sister-in-law, sister-in-law excuse me, sister-in-law, sister-in-law, twice to tell me that even if that you know that even two wives were are in the parsha of Yibo. So Maskifa Ravina Vitema Rav Shravya Elameata Arusolo Tisyabeng. Similar question. If by it means one, and by it means nisuin, not kiddushin. So number one, Yibum should only be with one wife, and we don't say that. So we had a puzzle. Okay, but it should only be with the woman that the man was what, that was already nisuin with, not with an arusa, because by it means, according to you, only after nisuin. So arusa lotis yabe. So it says hachutsa, the wife shouldn't go outside to another man. Somehow lerabot et arusa. So this includes an arusa. So which, if you look at the side, it mentions that Rashi says hachutsa suggests a woman that's a little bit on the outside. A woman that has yet to be brought into her husband's house. So you're right. Bias should mean, logically anyway, you should think about it. Yibam logically should be limited to a woman that the man was, that there was Nisuin. Because Yibam is about not having had children with, and there was a potential of having children. Before Nisuin, before they're actually married, before they're living together, the concept of, you know, sex and children is not really on the table. That's why the question of the Arusha. Well, yes, but the, so, but the, it's a good Havamina. But the answer is, hachutza means even a woman that's still somewhat at the outside still is in that parsha. Okay, so basically, we've created this huge headache for ourselves, saying that the word bayit means nisuin, because the thing could have easily been fasab if it just meant kiddushin, and also saying it means one. So then the question says, logically then, yibum should only be with one woman and only after, after nisuin. So the Gemara has special psukin to say that technically yes, but yibum actually applies even if there are two wives, and Yibam actually applies even if the woman is an Arusa and not an Estua. Okay? So let's take, oh, just get a little bit further. Tanur Rabbanan. Kohen Gadol makriv oneng, ve'eno ochel. So Kohen Gadol can bring Korbanot if he's an oneng. Right? That's what the Puzzle says. Umina Mikdash lo say That even when a father or mother dies, he doesn't leave the Beit HaMikdash. So he does his avoda when he's an oneng, after the immediate death of a relative, of an immediate relative. But he can't eat the korbanot when he's an oni. It only allows him to do the avoda, not to eat the korbanot. Rabbi Hudo Mer, kolayom, kolayom. No, the whole day. What does that mean? My kolayom, what does the whole day mean? So, Amarava, lo nitzucha el hahaviyom It means we are so insistent that the Kohen Gadol not only is allowed to do the avoda as an oni, but demonstrates that he does the avoda as an oni, that even if he's at home, when a relative dies, we slip him out of his house and we bring him to the base of Mikdash to do the avoda as an owning. So the Gemara says, Amar le Abaye, Abaye said back to him, According to Rabbi Yehuda, we would actually take a normal Kohen away from the avoda when he's an owning. Titania, we taught in the Brisa, Now a normal Kohen, it's only a Kohen Gadol that can do the avoda as an owning. A normal Kohen who does the avoda as an owning invalidates the avoda. But what if he was in the middle of the avoda when, he, when a relative died, when a father or mother died? What would be the halacha? So that's the discussion. He heard that an immediate relative died. Rebuda said, that's it. Stop the avoda in the middle. Leave. You're an one. You would invalidate the avoda. The avoda of Yom No, no, no. Any avoda. Uh, We're not that's talk- why it says in ochel. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, right, 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 right. It's not yet clear how this is tying in. This is a generic so discussion. Generic discussion. Not Yom Kippur. Gadol during the rest of the year is shamesh avoda like all the other kohen. Exactly. Reb Yosi Omer Reb Yosi says a normal kohen again, not Yom Kippur. A normal kohen. Here's that he became a, a, an Avel, an Onain. He finishes the Avodah, he's in the middle of it. So what do we say? 
So if Rabbi Yehuda, by a normal Kohen, not a Kohen Gadol, is so much feels like the invalidity of the Aninut, the problem of the Aninut, that he would interrupt him in the middle of the Afoda, how do you think Reb Yehuda could be saying is that for a Kohen Gadol you slip him out of his house and you make him do the Avoda as an Onin? Again, this is not Yom Kippur during the normal year. Yata Marta, you'll say by a nor- by a Kohen Gadol, my Sina when you took Beso, we would slip him out of his house. El Amarava, so says Rava, my Kolayom. What does Reb Yehuda mean when he says the whole day by Kohen Gadol who does the Avoda as an Onin? Lamar to tell you Sheena Ove Kolayom that basically he disagrees. Biblically speaking, yes, the Kohen Gadol does the Avoda as an Onain. That's what it says. But rabbinically, I'm not going to let him do the Avoda the entire day. Why not? Because I'm afraid that if he's doing the Avoda, get not on your kipper, you eat. That's what you do. You do the Avoda and you eat from the Korbanot. But at night, I'll let him do the Avoda. Why? Because the biblical status of Aninut is only the day of death. So therefore, at night, if he does the avoda, like, you know, there's not much avoda left to be done, but turning over the fats or whatever, if he winds up eating the korbanot, it's not a problem. Because biblically, he's not an onin at night, even if rabbinically he is. But during the day, I won't. So it's not clear at all what this has to do yet with us, but what we're, I'll just hint to you, and we'll talk about this tomorrow, what we're going to talk about is the scenario that we're worried about, that his wife dies. If his wife dies, we've been spending all of our time concerned about what happens to the backup wife. There's another problem that happens if his wife dies, which is what? He's an owning. So what's the story? Can he finish doing the avoda on Yom Kippur as an owning? Okay, so we will. Right. Well, that's so. We'll pick up with this tomorrow. But again, to repeat, what's relevant for us is a coin hediot that stops doing the avoda as an owning. A coin gadol continues. That's what the Torah says. Namikdash lo yitzay. He continues doing the avodah as an oning, but he can't eat from the korbanot as an oning. So what we're going to discuss tomorrow is, the Kohen Gadol, if his wife dies, how does he continue doing the avodah as an oning, okay, and if biblically he's allowed, is there this concern that Rabbi Yudah said, I don't want him to do the avodah, he mm-hmm. might come to eat. That is what we will figure out uh, when we pick up tomorrow.